an NY2C exclusive podcast. You're listening to On The Call, the latest news and opinions on all things New York sports. With Joey Rinaldi and Derek Futter. On The Call starts now. Welcome to another episode of On the Call, the New York sports podcast exclusively on ny2c.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Derek Futterman. Joey Rinaldi will join us later in the show from Brooklyn Bridge Park. Him and I were out there this week and uh, we had an interesting experience playing some horse. That is a digital exclusive you can watch over on ny2c.com. But there is certainly a lot to discuss before we have our guest on today. That is the co-founder of Run It Back, a basketball-focused nonprofit. Lexi Valentin. She will join us later in the show. But I'm going to start off with just getting into the second half, per se, of the NBA season following the All-Star break. The Brooklyn Nets right now, they played their first game back from the break Thursday this week and once again lost big to the Boston Celtics. The Nets right now are trying to find some sense of continuity without Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and Joe Harris since November in the lineup. So, Brooklyn, it's a big question mark right now, the way that they're going to finish out this season. I think it all depends on how many of the players that I referenced previously are going to be healthy. Again, Simmons is a defensive stalwart. He plays, he's just a prim, he's a threat uh, defensively, but offensively, he should not be shooting a ball outside of the paint because they don't need him to. Brooklyn has too many weapons. I mean, if you look at the mid-range numbers, shooting percentage, Brooklyn has the top four guys right now. LaMarcus Aldridge leads the NBA in shooting percentage from the mid-range. And Brooklyn also has some of the top snipers from three, Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, and now Seth Curry, who they also acquired in the trade that sent James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers. And don't forget, Brooklyn added some size in the middle as well with Andre Drummond, who is also a big rebounder. But still, Brooklyn really needs their whole team out there to be healthy. And New York City Mayor Eric Adams suggested earlier in the week that some vaccine mandates may be lifted soon that could allow Kyrie Irving to play home games at Barclays Center. Now, if that's the case, the Brooklyn Nets would have a starting five of Irving at the point. Seth Curry, you'd have Durant, Ben Simmons, and probably Andre Drummond would start at center. And that lineup, I think, could contend for an NBA title. But still, I'm not, I'm not, I'm hesitant to say that they are the favorite because of where they sit right now. They're eight games back at first place, 31 and 29. They would be in the play-in tournament right now in that eight seed. And I think it is imperative for Brooklyn to get out of the play-in to limit the amount of miles, essentially, that you're putting on your star players in the playoffs. I mean, you you want to win the championship, but you want to win the championship in as few games as possible. I mean, when you look at the top of the Eastern Conference right now, you see teams up there like the Chicago Bulls, the Miami Heat, Philadelphia, the Bucks, the Cavaliers, and the Celtics. Those are the top six, and they're all dangerous, formidable opponents in the playoffs. So I think the key for Brooklyn down the stretch right now is develop chemistry, develop a, an identity on defense, especially with the addition of Simmons and Drummond, and see where you can go from there. I mean, this Brooklyn team is in it for a title. They have a championship window that is wide open right now for them to take. In fact, they would have probably made the finals last year had it not been for the injuries to James Harden and Kyrie Irving in the playoffs and Kevin Durant's foot just being a little bit too big on a last-second shot that went for a two-pointer instead of a three in that imperative Game 7 against Milwaukee. But right now... We'll see what's going on in Brooklyn. They also added veteran point guard Goran Dragic, thanks to some recruiting from Steve Nash. Uh, So he should provide some depth at that position as well. And we'll see what happens. And I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be 
a very interesting story down the pipeline of the NBA season. Now, when we look across the river, the New York Knicks currently sit at 25 and 34. They are in 12th place in the Eastern Conference at the moment, and they only find themselves three games out of a playing spot right now. That 10th seed is occupied by the Atlanta Hawks. So playoffs is surprisingly not out of the question for the Knicks, who have been relatively inconsistent this season. They made the decision uh, in conjunction with the player. Uh, Both sides agreed that Kemba Walker would sit for the rest of the season, and they're not actively pursuing a buyout either, which tells me that Kemba Walker is experiencing some more health issues than we thought, some more injuries. Uh, Obviously, the last few years of his career, he has struggled to stay on the court. But when he played, especially in December, Kemba Walker was a force for the Knicks. He won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, I mean, the guy went off in a few games. So it's a questionable decision to me. uh, And it it tells you that something more is likely going on there. R.J. Barrett and Derek Rose are both nearing returns as well. The Knicks have a difficult schedule coming up ahead, though. They have the Miami Heat. They have the Milwaukee Bucks. And they need to start winning games and winning games fast to get their season uh, to save their season. Because at the moment, again, the Knicks are not a playoff team. Do I think they make the playoffs by year's end? No, I just don't think they're built for a deep run this year. Again, Julius Randle has just seemed to find himself uh, his form from last year over the over the week preceding the All-Star break. We'll see how long he's able to keep that up. Uh, they've had some contributions from Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin. But right now, this Knicks team just doesn't seem to have an identity. And when they do get a big win against Golden State, they such as the one against Golden State in California, they then get a crushing loss, like the one against Oklahoma City in overtime or the 28-point lone lead against the Brooklyn Nets at the Garden just a week and a half ago. So I think the state of New York basketball right now is a giant question mark. Again, in Brooklyn, we'll see if they can develop a chemistry. We'll see if they can turn it around right now. Because 31 to 29 is certainly not, I don't think it's where they expected to be at this point in the year uh, right now. And then the Knicks, they have to find themselves in the playoff, the play-in tournament. They have to find a way to get in there or else they just got to start building for the future. And one more possibility with the Knicks is that you can see in the landscape of the NBA right now that Zion Williamson does not want to be in New Orleans. He doesn't want to be a Pelican. He's been injured all year. He's had problems getting on the court. Uh, J.J. Redick on ESPN earlier in the week accused him of being kind of a detached teammate. Uh, Zion, I think, wants to be a Nick. And if the Knicks can get Zion for the right price, and I'm not saying a max, even though he has the talent to probably demand a max contract, but I don't know if he's lived up to that just yet in the NBA. But if the Knicks can find a way to get Zion Williamson, you have to find a way to do it. I mean, the guy is a generational talent. He's young. He is strong. He can play inside the paint. He's got somewhat of a mid-range shot working on the outside shot, but Zion is a force. And if the Knicks can have Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish, uh, throw it back to the Duke days, you may as well get Coach K as well because who who knows what could happen then. Uh, and I don't know how much longer Tom Thibodeau is going to have that Knicks job. So we'll see what's going on there, but it's certainly interesting right now when you look at the state of basketball in New York. And I'm sure Joey has a lot to say uh, about my thoughts on all of this. Uh, he'll probably call me a delusional Knicks fan or a delusional Knicks follower rather. Uh, and I'm sure maybe he's a truther of Goran Dragic as well, but we'll, we'll catch up with him soon. Uh, but now I'd like to get to our interview today. We have the co-founder of Run It Back, a basketball focused nonprofit organization joining us this morning on the show. And that's Lexi Valentin. Lexi, thank you for joining us today. It's a thrill to have you on. And we thank you for sharing our story, uh, your story with us. Uh, so I'm going to start off by asking you just what inspired 
you starting running back? Yeah. So what inspired me to start running back is that I had a unique upbringing in the game of basketball. Unfortunately, um, the high school I played at did not have a women's basketball team. So I was forced to play on the boys varsity team for four years in the IPP SAL, being the only girl on the basketball team and the only girl in the league. And after that point within my career, I wanted to make a space where co-ed basketball was more of a norm rather than women just finding these random courts throughout their city and being the only female amongst all men playing the sport. All right. So I I have to ask, in starting a nonprofit (laughs) like this, what was your exactly your career path and what what got you here? Yeah, I would say my career path was definitely not linear. I don't think it ever is, especially when creating a nonprofit, right? It's more of a passion-based focus. Um, But in particular, right out of high school, I started working for Madison Square Garden within a part-time entertainment production. So working game night staff for the Knicks. And then I also had the opportunity to actually work for every professional sports team in New York. So Jets, Mets, US Open, you name it. Um, After that, I decided to go ahead and give my education a try. So I began working within corporate social responsibility for a major tech firm. And now it's been four years that I've been there helping our employees pioneer their volunteer passions, which I'm clearly really passionate about. So what inspired you then to do something independent kind of in a nonprofit sense with CSR rather than working in a team setting and trying to have a team start this kind of nonprofit within their organization? Yeah, great question. I feel as if, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of nonprofits that focus on adults within sports. Rather, it's always focused on youth concentration. So I wanted to really hone in on the opportunity to really cater to adults 18 years plus to allow them a space to play the game that they love for free, build their social capital, and also be offered free professional development. So I decided that I didn't see this currently out there, so I not created it on my own. All right. So I have to ask now, this is a basketball centered uh, nonprofit and you've said you've worked for all the sports teams in the area. So I'm assuming you've had exposure to obviously baseball, hockey, football, you name it. So what makes the game of basketball in particular such a uniting uh, communal force that just allows people to get together and, uh, and play? Yeah, I think there are so many things. And most importantly, I think The reason why I wanted to focus on basketball was because of the life skills it taught me. It taught me how to communicate. It taught me how to be a team player. It taught me how to selfishly take care of others prior to taking care of myself. And so with the game of basketball, I just think there are so many opportunities that pass around the same way that the basketball gets passed around, right? Making an assist to the basket, but rather also making an assist to someone's life is huge in my eyes. So I think that's what really sets us apart. Um, And the fact that you need a team within basketball you can practice by yourself as much as you want, but to find a game, to be a part of a crew, you need more than one individual. So I have to ask then, going off that point on having a team, what is the team element in Run It Back? How, how do you work with the team and how do participants work with the team as well? Derek, I'm so glad you asked. So signing up <laughs> is super easy. You just head to our website, which is Lexi Valentine forward slash run dash it dash it back. Um, and from there, you get to sign up for any state of your liking. So let's say you're by coastal and you spend some time in both California and New York, you can sign up for both of those cities. And then once you sign up, we provide you with opportunities to get involved either virtually with our community or in person when we come to your state. So as long as you're 18 and older, you have a place on our team. As soon as you sign up for your state for an in-person activity, only the first 20 spots are allowed for you to join. Um, and once you join, 
and you'll have an opportunity to tell us your jersey size as jerseys are provided for the run. And then it's as simple as just making sure you're there and on time. Um, from there, you'll meet 19 different uh, unique individuals that have similar interests as you, and you'll be able to get their contact information and really build a community within your own city so that you can lean on until the next time, of course, we come back to your state. So from what I've under, uh, from what I understand, you've had many events at arenas, NBA arenas, and you were recently at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. Uh, how do you start those relationships and really do those kind of big events, uh, especially in the midst of a global pandemic right now? Yeah, great, great question, Derek. So we do have a COVID tracking form. Of course, what's top of mind is keeping our players and our community safe. Um, we know there's so much more to run it back, right? So making sure that all of our participants return to their families and then also to work the next day healthy. So we do have a COVID tracking form. And then in regards to how I cater to those relationships, I think relationship building is super important. I've been fortunate enough to kind of build my network since right out of high school. So taking the last, I would say, almost 10 years now um, to really hone in on those relationships and focus on how I can help others rather than how they can help me. I think a lot of times when we think of relationships and working with people within a specific industry that you look to be a part of, um, you find yourself to be very self-centered, but rather I like to lend the helping hand rather than ask for the helping hand. All right. So I have to ask, what what is some of your more memorable moments uh, at these runs, at these events uh, over the time you've been uh, doing the charity? Yeah, the yeah I would say um, one of the most memorable memories. It's just people coming up to me and saying, I haven't hooped since the last time you all came to my state or city, or I found a great full-time job because so-and-so connected me to their corporation and now we're working together. So really just hearing participants continue to discuss how Run It Back has changed their lives. Unfortunately, not everyone might have a local YMCA or LA Fitness. Not everyone may be able to pay for a corporate or recreational league to join. So the fact that they know that they can come and participate participate completely for free and be a part of our community and have relationships that can potentially change their life is is really what matters most to me. All right. So what are some of your upcoming events, upcoming stops uh, for Run It Back? Yeah, great question, Derek. So we just decided to um, host two open runs coming up in March. So we'll be stopping in Florida, specifically Orlando, and then we'll be in California, specifically San Francisco come March, and then a few stops in April for March Madness, Final Four. So some more states to, to add to the arsenal. But um, we've been fortunate enough to host um, 10 or forgive me, 18 open runs in 10 different states, 10 unique states in 2021. So hopefully hitting, hopefully we're going to hit about 25 different states this year. So we'll see. Was this year your first uh, time being at All-Star Weekend for the NBA? Um, no, we were back actually at All-Star Weekend back in 2020. So I had rebranded my corporation since then or my nonprofit since then. Back then it was an LLC. Now it's a complete non-for-profit 501c3. So first time for running back, but we posted runs at All-Star Weekend previously. So what, what was this year like being in that atmosphere? The first time, obviously, there was a real gathering of NBA fans since that All-Star game in 2020. 
Yeah, I think everyone probably has mentioned the 2020 All-Star Games multiple times in conversation this past weekend. And I think it was just a really unique opportunity. It's been so long since both the Kobe and Gigi Bryant passing. And that's really what a lot of people remember of the 2020 All-Star Game and it also being their last major event before the pandemic. So it's just really nice to see tons of people within the industry gather back together, seeing those that are still healthy and well, um, and just have an opportunity to spread the word of run it back really meant a lot to me and i've never been to ohio so it was really nice to see what cleveland's all about yes cleveland's a very cool city i was there once myself and uh i'm sure it was a blast for all-star weekend uh so you said you were in entertainment production at madison square garden i want to ask kind of how how does that relate to run it back and the planning of events how did that past experience prepare you for this Yeah, I would say I was always a planner. So even prior to working at Madison Square Garden, I think I was always the friend that wanted to plan your birthday parties or wanted to plan an event for your startup. And so um, I found myself to be really detail oriented. Of course, working with any sport teams, there's specific marks that you need to make in order for your team not to get fined or everyone needs to be off the court, things of that nature. So I think just being super detail oriented and focused has helped me kind of craft these opportunities around the nation for run it back and and make sure they're as organized as can be and as fun for any basketball participant that joins for sure for sure so i'm assuming you're still following uh the nba right now as a part of run it back so i have to ask what are your thoughts on this current landscape of what's going on right now in the season Yeah, I think so much has changed from the start of the season, right? So um, first and foremost, it's just so nice to see fans completely back in person. Um, And in particular, I think it's really interesting to see what each team's record looks like prior to All-Star break and then post-All-Star break after all the trades and such. But I will say I'm most looking forward to the WNBA season starting. We had some real interesting trades during the offseason. So um, looking forward to that happening and also us hosting a run for their all-star break um, happening in July. That sounds awesome. So again, can you remind our viewers or listeners or however they're tuning in how to get involved uh, or learn more about Run It Back? Absolutely. So there's a few ways to get involved or to find our Run It Back community. First and foremost, on social media, we are at We Run It Back. So again, just the at symbol, We Run It Back. And then if you're looking to join us um, in regards to actually being a part of the community and signing up, you can follow us at LexiValentine.com forward slash run dash it dash back. Um, And there you'll be able to join the roster or actually sign up as a photographer or videographer. We offer unique professional development to local photographers and videographers for them to share their craft amongst 20 new individuals within their city or state. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning and sharing your story. Again, Lexi Valentin, co-founder of Run It Back. Thanks for having me, Derek. (laughs) Welcome back to On The Call, an NY2C exclusive podcast. Welcome back to On The Call, the New York sports podcast exclusively on my2c.com. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'd like to thank Lexi Valentine for joining us again to talk about her nonprofit, Run It Back. Again, you can sign up for Run It Back at LexiValentine.com slash Run It Back or follow them on social media at We Run It Back. Again, at We Run It Back. So I'd like to close the show today. Uh, before we get into our digital exclusive, uh, and we will talk about that in just a second, uh, Joey and I were in Brooklyn uh, late last uh, late last week, and we played a game of horse, and we recorded it for you to watch. Uh, I'm not going to spoil who wins or how it went, but let's just say it was a good contest between us. But right now, 
we are on day 85, 86, whatever it's been, of an MLB lockout that is threatening to delay the season. The owners have set a February 28th deadline to get a deal done. If a deal is not reached on a new collective bargaining agreement by the 28th, the MLB season is going to be delayed and regular season games are going to be canceled. And I think it'd just be a catastrophic instance for the sport. I mean, if regular season games were to get canceled over a collective bargaining agreement in the midst of a pandemic and so much other news going on in the world right now, if just if baseball does not come back as scheduled, I don't know if fans are going to come back the way that people may expect them to. Because I could tell you right now, as someone who follows Major League Baseball, I, I had been expecting a lockout to come in 2022. And sure enough, we're seeing that right now. But a lockout of this length, I'm not sure I was really ready for. And if it does begin to threaten regular season games in a year, especially where the two teams here in New York, the Yankees and the Mets, have a lot of promise and both of them have the potential to win a World Series, I think it's just devastating for the sport right now. And if you're the NBA or the NHL, you're, you're definitely going to see increased viewership with less options out there. But still, as a fan of baseball, you, you, want, you want to know that when the weather starts to warm up, you want to know that when the sun starts to stay out a little bit longer every day, you want to know that baseball is going to be there and you want to know that there are going to be games to be played, storylines to be followed, debates to be had. And I just think right now, the fact that Major League Baseball is not starting on time or not likely to start on time is just a real travesty for the game. But I can give you some news uh, that has happened at least uh, through the week with no real action going on. We'll start with the Yankees. Aaron Judge did speak about a contract extension on the R2C2 podcast earlier in the week. And he said that he would love to be in the pinstripes for the rest of his career, but that if it didn't happen, he's made a lot of great memories in New York. Now, talking from the perspective of a New York baseball fan, the Yankees must do everything in their power to keep Aaron Judge. He is the definition of a franchise player, a class act. He performs year in and year out. I guess the only issue with him is his long-term health, but He's been on the field more so than not. And Judge, when he plays the outfield, again, a cannon of an arm, a big bat at the plate, and a natural leader. I think if the Yankees lost Aaron Judge, you must acquire someone who can fill his shoes. And I don't know how many players out there can frankly do that right now. I mean, I guess the closest you could find maybe coming up on the free agent market is Juan Soto. And Soto did decline a contract extension from the Washington Nationals over the last season or so, and he's very much a target of the Mets here in New York and also possibly the Yankees if they were not able to re-sign Judge. But I think a contract extension with Aaron Judge does get done eventually. I do not see him leaving the Yankees. But again, you never know because there are just so many players at times that you cannot foresee leaving their teams, and they do anyway. And one of them right now is Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman just won the World Series with the Atlanta Braves. He was an NL batting champ in 2020. He's consistently one of the best hitters year in and year out in baseball. He's got a great glove at first base. So if you're a fan of baseball, you think the Braves are going to do everything they can to keep him. Well, apparently sources are suggesting in Major League Baseball that Freddie Freeman may not stay in Atlanta. Now, I had been kind of predicting this throughout the offseason, that if Freeman was going to leave Atlanta, the places for him to go would be somewhere in the American League East. You could see the Boston Red Sox. They could use someone at first. The Yankees could certainly have Freddie Freeman play first. In fact, that's a very real possibility, and he would benefit immensely from the short porch in Yankee Stadium and the same at Fenway Park with that short wall in right field. Or he could go play in Toronto. He's from Canada. You could move Vlad Guerrero Jr. to a DH spot or try to get him back to third base and have Freeman play first. And the Blue Jays, I think, 
would be a possibly World Series favorite in the American League. I mean, they did get Robbie Ray on the pitching side of things as well. But then rumors came out suggesting that the Mets contacted Freddie Freeman prior to the lockout. And that is exactly what I hoped to hear. If the Mets are able to land Freddie Freeman, I think their lineup would be as formidable as anyone in the National League. You'd have Freeman playing first every day. With the introduction of a DH in the National League, you would have Pete Alonso play be at the DH spot. He's got a decent glove, but Freddie Freeman has a better glove at first base overall, based on the numbers over the years. And then you would have to find a way to trade Dominic Smith, or you play him in the outfield and get rid of either J.D. Davis or Jeff McNeil. I think the bigger need for the Mets right now is getting another starting pitcher or two and solidifying the bullpen. But if the Mets are able to land one more big bat, and I think they need one more big bat, but possibly that big bat could come in the form of a lower-priced DH, maybe Nelson Cruz, or you get Chris Bryant, or you land Trevor Story and play him in center field and put Nimmo in right and Marte in left. There are an innumerable, innumerable amount of possibilities here. Michael Conforto could be coming back to Queens. I mean, Buck Showalter, the new manager of the Mets, suggested in an interview this week in Port St. Lucie, because the minor leaguers are still down at camp, that the Mets may be looking to add another bat, specifically in the outfield. Do I think the Mets land Freddie Freeman? No. I don't think it makes the most sense. But if they do land Freeman, they can certainly make space for him. And he would be accommodated in Queens, especially getting a division rival star player. But I think the more feasible scenario for the Mets is to get another starting pitcher or two, maybe Clayton Kershaw, maybe Carlos Rodon, Get a bat, possibly Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, Nelson Cruz is out there, and many others. Because there are still a ton of free agents to be signed. And the moment this lockout breaks, whether it be by Monday the 28th, whether it be sometime in March or later, free agency is kind of going to be breaking. It's like it's like a floor that's ready to crack, but is gradually doing so. And when it opens up, the floodgates are just going to – it's just going to be crazy action in baseball. And we'll see what happens. I mean – I'm really excited to see how the offseason finishes up with both the Yankees and the Mets and then get into some games. We'll see if there's 162 or not. But right now, baseball needs to find a way to end this lockout. I know that the Yankees have several players in Florida, including Garrett Cole down there right now. The Mets have Lindor, Scherzer, and Nimmo at the negotiations. Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter, Florida, and the sides have been meeting daily. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't think a deal is out of the question before Monday, but it's certainly looking less and less likely as the minutes, the hours, the seconds tick on all right so now it is time to get to our digital exclusive feature tune in over on my2c.com if you'd like to see joey and i go head to head at it at horse we'll throw it now to brooklyn bridge park where we were late last week and take a look at the game and how it went welcome back to on the call an ny2c exclusive podcast Welcome back in studio. As you saw, Joey beat me in horse. I mean, he played basketball in high school. I cannot say the same. I announced basketball games in high school, but I, I certainly didn't play. And you can see that I don't really have an NBA shot. I mean, look, as, as long as the ball is going in the basket from distance, uh, I'll take it. And it was at the end, but uh, my fight wasn't enough uh, in the long run. So congratulations to Joey on the win. We'll have to have a rematch next time we're near a basketball court. And uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of On the Call. I'd like to thank Lexi Valentin, founder, uh, co-founder of Run It Back, nonprofit basketball-focused uh, organization, for joining us again. You can follow them on social media at We Run It Back or find out more information on how to contribute or participate on LexiValentin.com slash Run It Back. 
And for us on the call, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, review digital exclusive features, or watch us on my2c.com each and every week. For Joey Rinaldi, I'm Derek Futterman. Bye-bye. On the Call. New episodes every week. Available wherever you get your podcasts and online at ny2c.com.